I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will review the first month of the season. They will have a Twitter segment, and they will talk to David J. from Mad Friars. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBoo. And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Deathly Ill, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBoo. How's it going, Eric? A lot better than you, pal. Yeah. You sound like shit. I look like shit. Yes, you do. Yes. I am dying right now. My nose is congested. I have a very heavy, wheezy cough. Um, I sound like a... Uh, I feel like I'm like a, 30, a 48-year-old woman named Martha who actually looks like she's 85 on her deathbed and goes through two packs of cigs a day. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. I mean, you're sick and I'm sick of your bullshit already. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyways... Speaking of being sick of bullshit, boy, the Padres' first month is in the books, Eric. It's been a, a hell of a month so far. Eventful, <laughs> eventful to say the least, man. We've we've had a lot of a lot of crap happen, dude. Like I think probably the the low light of the season so far is that fly ball that dropped in Houston. <laughs> I had forgotten about that until you brought it up. Actually, that's probably the most embarrassing part that happened this uh, this season. So Maybe the far. most Padre thing to happen while we're at it. Yeah, but a lot of the show today we're gonna be talking about things we like from this uh, first <coughs> month of the season. And things we didn't like. Uh, Danny's gonna cough. Um, he's gonna sniffle. Yeah, and then uh, we're gonna have David J come save the day. Yeah, uh, David J from Mad Friars. It'll be the first time we have him on. We're looking forward to it. The uh, curmudgeon of Mad Friars, yes. David J yes. coming on. So the so. get off my lawn of Mad Friars. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's jump right into the Padres' uh, torrid start to the season. Uh, they <laughs> finished the month ten and twenty. Uh, they're actually a win worse than their uh, runs scored versus runs allowed would lead you to believe. Uh, they are on pace to win or to lose, I believe, a hundred plus games. Ooh wee! Whoop de doo! The tank is still on despite the lack of effort. This will be the first time, I think, since I've been alive that they've had a hundred loss season. I can't remember that. No, I think they had one in the early two thousands, didn't they? Did they? I'd have I have to look know. it up. I can look up their. Man, page we are up. so prepared. But you know what? The thing is, <laughs> <laughs> we always thought they were going to lose a hundred games last year, and they didn't. You know, they overperformed. That's because Andy Green is a genius. Um, I'm kidding, yeah. but you know I don't think he has anything to do with it. <laughs> this year, ten and twenty. First of all, we knew it was going to be off to a bad start because one, the rotation is awful. We've said that time and time again, and two, they had a tough schedule to open the season. I yeah, mean, we're not going to sit here and make excuses for them, but they had a tough schedule. So much to the point where we made that bet with Barkley that if they win more than fourteen of their first forty-five games, he gets a free read on our on our show. And yeah, they got fifteen games to go and four more wins. Four he might, more wins. He might get it. He Maybe. might. You know, honestly, that game last night, uh, I was I was checking on the score. I saw they were up. I saw there's two outs. I said, all right. I just started watching Game of Thrones for the first time. I know I'm late. I know. I only watched the good scenes with Amelia Clark. I, I know I'm late. So I said, all right. So I turned on Game of Thrones. And next thing I know, I'm scrolling down Twitter, <laughs> and I see Padres lose. I get that that notification from The Athletic. Padres lose 6-5. to five. I'm like, what the hell happened? So I guess Barkley, is, as he moves closer and closer to that read, he's getting further and further away. So yeah. a bad hand job last night from Brad Hand. <laughs> a terrible hand job. Nice and dry. Yeah. 
and choked a little too much. You know, it kind of reminds me of that time. You couldn't make it, but I went on the Kept Faith, and uh, Andy Keats was in there, and Travis brought up uh, somehow got brought up sandpaper gloves. Oh, what? I don't even remember the context, but last night's hand job was using those sandpaper gloves for yeah. sure. It was absolutely brutal. I woke up this morning chafed. <laughs> <laughs> Hurting all over. Hurts to pee. Hurts to pee. Can't yeah. put on your undies. Yeah, it's a rough. It, it's been a rough month. The thing is with the Padres is that a team like the Giants. I know they're over 500 after last night. They're now 15 and 14. They're not really that good. You look at runs scored, runs against. They're actually closer to 12 and 17 team. So they're overperforming. I don't know if you saw the bottom of their order. They have like no names in that lineup. Yeah, playing short, playing left. Gorky's Hernandez, who I think was the. I feel like I've heard his name for a hundred years. I think he was the Mets prospect that they sent to the Twins when the Mets got Santana. I'm okay. pretty sure that's him. But it's been so long. Was that like 10 years ago? I feel like so, he's been around forever. Yeah. I've been hearing that name forever, I feel like. they The Giants are not that good. They're kind of overachieving. So those are the teams that the But Potters- they have all kinds of veteran leadership, dude, with... McCutcheon and Longoria. But they don't have the intangible Eric Hosmer. Yeah, they don't have prestige value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no prestige value there. But those are the teams that the Padres have a legitimate chance to beat because the reality is they're not that good. And yet, still, they find a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they find a way to lose. They do, time and time again. Yeah, it's been a really rough season. I mean, I, I've got... Oh, by the way, uh, you were alive in 1993, right? Yes, yeah, I was. That's when they lost 101 games. Okay, well, the last time go. they lost 100 games. Yeah, so I was three years old the last time they won 100 <laughs> games. So just lost. celebrated, or lost. lost 100 games, excuse me. I uh, just celebrated my 28th birthday last week. So it's it's been a while. It 100 has. miss or 100 wins, 100 yeah. losses. Why do I keep saying that? I we've, don't know. We've missed you 100 losses. Yeah. It'll be nice to have you back. They're on their way right now with that winning percentage of theirs. And I mean, it's been a rough start, particularly, you know, the pitching. The pitching has been bad. The offense hasn't been as bad as I thought. There's just some really awful players. Um, I was looking this up when we were attempting to show prep here. And when you look at total offense, it's OPS plus. 100 is average, right? Anything below, anything above, and 100 is average. The Diamondbacks are not, they're only like two or three slots up from the Padres. They're not that much better offensively. So then what makes their record so much better? They probably have much better pitching because the Padres pitching is fucking brutal. Yeah. Brutal. To I actually, say the least. I wrote this stuff down. Let me pull up my note page here. So I wrote this down. They are fifth in highest team runs per game. It's like 4.9, I think. Or excuse me, 5.17, I beg your pardon. Uh, they have the fourth most runs allowed, 155. Their fourth highest in walk total, which is 120. Ouch. Yeah. Thanks, Brian Mitchell. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, I mean, if there's one thing that infuriates me, whether for guys that play, for guys that just watch the games, walks are okay on offense. You're like, all right, guy, great. We got a guy on base. Great. We are watching your fucking team walk a bunch of batters. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's the most mind-numbing situation for a fan to watch your team Walk a ton of guys. It's honestly why, when I see my team, when I see the Padres walk a bunch of guys, that's when I start to think to myself, the people who say, hey, baseball is boring, I'm like, I get it. (laughs) I get it, because this is extremely boring. Yeah. To the point where I I said uh, earlier this week, like, hey, I, I follow Twitter way closer than I follow the actual games. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's times, especially when our team is this bad and we know they're not going to be competitive, it's hard to watch, man. It's really hard to watch. You watch because you love baseball, but at the end of the day, it's hard to keep up with these guys, man. It's hard to keep the faith. Tell me tell me if you relate to this. I have a, a good friend of mine um, who's a Dodger fan, but he actually likes our podcast, even though we're sorry-ass Padre fans, as he calls it. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, 
we were talking about like hating other teams, and he asked me like, "Do you hate teams? Like, I don't, I don't like Aaron Judge. Like, I like Aaron Judge; he's good, but I, I don't like Stanton. I can't root for him." And I was like, "I don't really like view it that way." He goes, "Why?" I'm like, I don't know. I just love baseball. And he goes, "You know, I can't like anybody on the Yankees. Like, A Rod was a great player. I can't like him. I can't like Judge, even though I wish the Dodgers had him." And I told him he mentioned like, "Oh, don't you hate any teams?" I'm like, "Well, I hate the Giants." Yeah, I hate the Giants, and that's more because I hate Giant fans, right? <laughs> right. The actual team they have some some good players, but he made a good point. He said, "You know what? I guess as being a Padre fan, when your team is not competitive, and they haven't been, they've had, I mean, what four competitive seasons our entire lifetimes? Right? I wasn't alive in fucking '84. No, I mean I was alive when they had that one year where uh, they won like 90 games, and they it's uh, before uh, the fucking Werner Group sold everybody off, but." Um, <laughs> He made a good point, and I was like, well, you're probably right. The Padres are so bad, and they've been so bad for so long that as a fan, for me to find enjoyment in the game, I have to take the competitiveness of wanting to win out of it because... <laughs> That's so sad. It is sad, but tell me if you're late. Wait till I'm finished, but tell me if you're late. It's that the Padres have been so bad for so long, and it's so ingrained that they're just going to be bad, and that's what you expect, that you have to take the idea of like the competitiveness away from watching a game and hating teams so that A, I watch baseball as a whole now because I just love the game and Tony's not around anymore and B, to watch for certain players. It's like last night, yeah, they lost but Cordero had a really good game. Um, Lauer, you know, found a rhythm and ended up having a really strong start after a rough first inning. Like, I take that away and be like, yeah, I enjoyed watching that. Like, I don't care that they lost. I don't care that hand blew it. I'm not all, you know, fire Andy Green. Like, I don't really care because I found other things to take away from more of like an analytical point of view. Do you find yourself doing that as a Padre fan because you know that the towel's thrown in before spring training started? Well, I've been forced to. I feel like as Padre fans, we've been forced to look at it that way. Like, I hate losing. Like, you see me on Sundays. When no, I don't like losing either. I hate losing. I absolutely hate it. But I feel like at this point, I've become numb. Yeah. I've just become numb. As far as hating other teams, like... So here's the thing. I have a bunch of hats. I have probably like 20 hats in my room. And we were talking about this other Two day. of them are Padre hats. I used to make fun of you because all you would get is SD hats but in different colors. That's right. And Still I, do. Yeah. And I've, I've always said like me first. I'm a baseball fan first. Padre fan second. Like I want to see the sport of baseball do well. But um, I want to get a hat from every team in the league except the Giants and Dodgers. Yes. I will not wear those two. I could not care less about the Giants or the Dodgers. I don't hate... Well... I don't hate I don't the Dodgers. I don't know about hate. I hate the Giants. I, I absolutely... I hate the Giants. I don't know why. I just... I hate them. Probably because in 2010, like, they came back and, you know, and all that shit happened, but... Yeah. I, I don't hate the Dodgers. I, I just... I don't... I think Buster Posey's maybe the only player on the Giants that I might like think like, oh yeah, he's a good player. He seems like a good guy. Right. And you know, yeah, I got to meet Mad Bum last year, but you know, he's a dirtbag. Yeah. He sits there and gives up a bomb and then stares guys down like it's their fault he is they a hit the bomb. He yeah, he comes douche. off as this big douche. It's like I like a lot of the Dodgers players. Like when I heard Seeger was hurt, I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, I was happy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do hate the Dodgers. Maybe because I heard that and See, I never want to wish an injury upon someone, but when I heard that, I'm like, ha ha. Eat shit, L.A. They're just gonna. I hate L.A. They're That's just the gonna thing. figure it out. They'll figure it out. But I hate L.A. And see, now, especially since the Chargers, <coughs> you know what? Giants. Yeah, I don't like the Giants. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers because they're L.A. Yeah. I hate every single thing L.A. I don't hate the Dodgers players. I don't care for the team. I love that when they have like former Padres, like they just shit all over the Padres. Yeah. Like Grandal, he got a bad rap here. He you know he gets caught with the HGH stuff and he just gets an instant bad rap. 
And he's he just, a steroid boy. Yeah, he's a steroid boy. And he just <laughs> craps all over the Padres. I I hate Nick Hundley, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Hundley getting the game-winning hit last night, I was like, oh, God, of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, Grandal, yeah, all-star. Gonzalez, all-star, but... I also feel hypocritical saying that I hate the Giants because my favorite ball player besides Tony Gwynn growing up, like I'll say, I don't want to say favorite besides him, but top five was Barry Bonds. Oh, to watch, absolutely. I love Barry Bonds. Eric was the only guy standing and applauding him when he tied the home run record off Clay Hensley. I was right there in my PV jersey at the park in the park. Uh, Kelsey and I were standing up, or we're on the hill, and everyone's booing, and I stand up in my PV jersey clapping because I loved Barry Bonds. And I loved watching. I'm probably him. gonna catch shit for that, but I don't care. He was great to watch, and he was he so was much fun to watch. The great. The greatest player we ever saw. Yeah, I don't care what jersey he had on. I wanted to watch that guy hit. And at the end of his career, I wanted him on the Padres. I wanted him on the Padres. I would have taken him that year. He was, what, 45 years old, and he had like an on-base of 500? (laughs) It's like 480 on-base. It was insane. He's clearly blackballed out of the league. But that's another story for another time. But, but I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, you have to learn, like you said, like, I love the game of baseball. It doesn't matter, like, who's playing. Like, I... I read about prospects that aren't Padre players. Like I yeah. constantly frequent fan graphs, and yeah, I, you know, I read the Keith Law types, the chats, and the prospects because I love the entire game. Like I watch MLB now because I want to know about the entire game. Like I, I call prospects like before. I'm like, wait till this Bellinger kid for fucking LA comes up. Wait till this guy, who, who, yeah. and then he blows up. I'm like, I told you, I was warning you guys. Yeah, because I love the game, but I think a part of that is because our team has sucked so much for so long. And they've sucked so hard that we've had to fall in love with baseball itself and then have kind of like loved the Padres second. Like the Padres are like, they're like the old wife that at the end of the day will always love and come home to. But we want to have that affair with the game of baseball. That's what it comes down to. And this is from a man with experience, let me tell you. (laughs) So, yeah. So, oh my God. Moving on with the. I uh, I hear you. (laughs) Moving on with more of the bad. Uh, let's oh, talk about boy. some good though. Let's let's go with some good real quick. <laughs> Eric Lauer had a nice start last night. He did to end his month. He did. You know, he had a rough first inning. Uh, yeah, real rough. Yeah, rough start to the night for Lauer and Padres Twitter was blowing up. I oh, know. he's done. He's a bust. I was he's never sucked. high on the guy in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. The best. Those are the best ones. You know what it kind of reminded me of was uh, you remember Joe Whelan. <laughs> Joe Whelan? Yeah, Joe Whelan. So his first start was in Dodger Stadium, and Matt Kemp annihilated him. He went yard (laughs) off him twice. Just made him look stupid. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, it's hard to see him being good with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I thought with Lauer. Because I'm like, man, his stuff isn't that impressive. He's sitting high 80s. He's touching low 90s here and there. I mean, his his, uh, secondary pitches aren't that great. Um, he's, can, he's average. He's, yeah, he's average. He's an average guy. He's, a, he's, he's average. That's all he is. Um, but then he settled in nicely. Like, you look his overall stats. Uh, what, uh, you have his stat line there? Um, I can pull it up. I think he gave up uh, three. Let me see here. I'll pull up his game line. I know he had seven strikeouts. He, he struck out seven. through, uh, what, five seven, innings. Uh, I think he threw a little bit more than that. Let me see. I'm going to pull up his game log right now. But, no, he actually settled in. The thing with Lauer, and I, I know people are hot on Fuego because Lucchese has come up and he's pitched incredibly well. He had a rough first start, and uh, he is going to take his lumps. Like we, yeah, we have think, to, we have to keep in mind he is going to take his lumps. I know he kind of did in his first start against the Brewers, but he's been he's been excellent ever since yeah. then. But there's going to come a point in time where he takes his lumps, just as Lauer to an extent. Well, his first uh, outing he did, and his first inning of his uh, second outing he did. But yeah. these guys are going to take their lumps. That's I mean, why, like when these prospects come up, it's not a it's not a lock for 2019 or even 2020. Like no. these guys are going to get. 
hit around, they're going to get beat up. No, it, absolutely. It is what it is. Absolutely. And Lara, I mean, he 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 had a really long first inning. He still got yeah. it out five innings. He gave up seven hits, most of those in the first. He gave up three earned runs, but he only walked two. He struck out seven. Yeah. Um, he threw 88 pitches. So he probably could have gone out there again. Um, got a lot of fly balls, which, I mean, considering the division he plays in, that's not bad. Right. They, you know, you could probably salvage that. So overall, you know, I thought he looked pretty good. He also had a nice pickoff. He uh, he tagged, uh, I want to say it was McCutcheon he picked off. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so overall, I think you could take, okay, you take out the bad first inning. Obviously, it counts. But you can see why he's ranked the way, you know, people, I don't know why he's ranked so high. It's because the same reason Fuego's ranked high. Nobody looks at Joey Lucchese and thinks he's going to be a top-of-the-rotation starter. Like, he doesn't have that upside. He is a number three at best, probably a four, at worst a five. Or a bullpen guy, right? Um, Lauer's those that, guys are still valuable. Uh, absolutely, by the way. absolutely. I mean, they're Jason, the Jason Vargas's of the world. Not not the one we saw, but <laughs> yeah. the one that Kansas City had. But yeah. you know, those guys are valuable. And if that's all Lauer turns out, well, he was a first round pick or a competitive round pick, and he made the major leagues. That's why he's rated high, is because his proximity and likelihood of being a major leaguer is high. It's the same reason a Chase Headley was ranked high as a prospect. It's not that he has this massive upside. Headley's knock was always that he's going to have to cheat on inside fastballs, but it's that he's going to be an everyday major league guy. He's going to be an at least major league regular, which at the end of the day when Headley retires, probably after this year, <laughs> probably in June or July when Urias comes up, yeah. um, th- he will have produced a solidly average major league career. Which is respectable. Which if you can pluck that out of the draft and get that guy up in two years, that's valuable. So I look at Lauer and think, you know, he started locating. He does really good coming inside, moving the ball around. Same thing as Luke Casey. He just doesn't throw as hard. He's not as funky. But it's the similar stuff. Move the ball in out, get guys out in front, you know, throw you know, throw breaking balls, throw change ups. So I was actually impressed because he could have just fallen apart last night after Easily. that first inning. Easily. Yeah, especially that being his second start. That and Hedges got hurt, so he had to go yeah. in with a different catcher, Mr. Flaccid Wrist himself, A.J. Ellis, <laughs> who couldn't frame a fucking do-it-yourself picture frame. So, Well, maybe that's why Lauer settled in. Yeah. Maybe he needs that veteran leadership from uh, A.J. Ellis. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> I sure. mean, it's clearly helping Brian Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Like, do they? I, I, uh, we'll, we'll go on Brian Mitchell now because we're going to talk about the bat. Brian Mitchell has been absolutely awful. I came out after the Astros first start and said, you know, give him a chance. Mm-hmm. He looked better in the Astros start. He didn't strike anybody out, but he didn't walk as many guys as I remember. And he kept through the ball game. He threw a good ball game, results-wise. Uh, walked too many people, but still kept him in the game. He's been awful since. Like, not even close. Not even close. He, uh, other than uh, Makita, and, you know, he's a reliever, so you give up one run, your ERA blows up. Right. Mitchell has the highest ERA at 6.07. Clayton Richards, 5.35. Jordan Lyles is back at 4. Um, so it's just like, he's been so terrible, and then they stick him with the backup catcher. It's like, do you want him to fail? Why not put him in the bullpen? <coughs> yeah, uh, that, could, that could be coming soon, I think. He's been so bad as a starter. They obviously want to hold on to him because he's still here. He they has upside. Rid of him. Yeah. Toss him in the bullpen. See I agree. What he does there. Let me ask you this because I, I don't recall the the corresponding move. Who did Lauer take over for? Perdomo. Bauman. No, no, no. In the rotation, though, he took over Perdomo's oh, spot. Right. right? Yeah. Perdomo. That's probably why because I don't think they expected. They did not expect uh, Lamette to go down, uh, and then they probably didn't expect to demote Perdomo after three or four starts. Um, so Lauer probably came up to take that spot. So I think they feel like we need him in there. Strom is still getting stretched out. They don't really have it. Who else are they going to start in his place? Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I, I can kind of. I mean, see you that. can go with like the Walker Lockets of the world. Well, let me ask you this: that this is that was kind of a big thing that happened in this first month of the season, the whole Perdomo versus uh, Mitchell thing. Clearly, clearly, it was it was an issue of who has options, who doesn't have options. Taking well, I thought it was a race that, issue. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a race <laughs> issue, but you know, also, um, if you take all of that stuff out of consideration, you take roster spots, you take options, you take money, everything out of consideration, just go purely off of performance. There's no fucking chance that you keep Mitchell over Perdomo, right? No, absolutely not. Because I mean, like I said, I look, I pulled up the numbers last week. Yeah, surface level Perdomo looks awful. When you look a little bit past that, he's striking guys out. He's getting ground balls. He's you know guys are hitting 500 off and just putting the ball in play. You know that's not going to hold. You can expect you know some progression to the mean and him getting a little bit better, even if he's just mediocre. Um, Mitchell doesn't have any of that, as I highlighted on last week's show. He hasn't been getting into bad luck or been you know hit into bad luck on balls in play off of him. He's not striking guys out. He's just walking a ton of guys and then leaving these flat cement mixer cutters out <laughs> over the plate. Um, I do think there's some room, maybe room for uh, him to go in the bullpen. Uh, Sack Butt Dustin had mentioned that he threw some really good cutters his last start, and that's a solid takeaway. We'll maybe that's that. what it is. Yeah, maybe that. Throw, throw a cutter and flip the curveball in there or maybe a changeup and just move him to the pen. My issue with Mitchell is that you can't send one guy down because of the uh, you know the idea that you have to compete at this level and say this guy's not competing, so we're sending him down. When Mitchell is literally your worst start and you're giving him every opportunity to run out there, like if you're gonna do that, then just say, look, we know that this is a developmental year. We got Hosmer because we wanted to make a move that could help now as we get these young wave of guys up to have a leader, and I get that, and then have a have a, an all star in place when these young guys start to come up and establish themselves. We went out and got Calvis because we needed a legitimate upgraded shortstop to at least help with the defense, and we felt like we have enough depth to take the hit on the prospect. Just be honest and say, but we know that this is a developmental year. We're giving guys like Perdomo and Mitchell a chance to you know, establish themselves and develop. We're giving a guy like Ross a chance to reestablish himself and possibly provide himself with a career revival because that's what you're doing. But they're not saying that. They're they're going with this. You got to compete at this level. And I get Andrew Green's towing the company line. I don't think it's him that's making these decisions. I definitely think the front office has a lot to do with it. But it's just it's a slap in our face to sit here and tell us that. It, it's like you mean you going to work and they demote me and you're doing just as bad or worse. And they say, well, you know, Eric, you got to perform at this level. But yeah. we're gonna give you another shot. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Makes I, no sense. I totally see what you're saying, but at the same time, they can't come out and say that because they're quote unquote trying to sell tickets. But the you know thing I mean? is, like, that you doesn't can put be asses honest. in the seats. And even though asses aren't coming in the seats right now, but yeah. you can't come out and say and say that hey, we're not we're not winning. This is all about development. I think that's how the Padres look at it. However, if you look at a team like the Cubs, you look at a team like the Astros, they came out and said it. Yeah, and they people and were okay it. with it. Yeah, because it's like, hey, they're up front. You know, this is what's going on. I don't understand why the Padres always have to go out there and say, hey, you know, we're gonna, we're trying this year. You know, we really think that this. No, like everyone knows that we were mathematically yeah. eliminated in, on November first, twenty seventeen. Just be honest. Like, if you want to say, like, look, we're trying to move towards being competitive. We got Eric Hosmer for that reason. That is a step in the right direction in our eyes. Right. Great. It's still going to be a year where we're still trying to develop some young guys we think could have some impact on the future. Sell that. So look, we got the Brian Mitchells of the world. You know, we're going to give these guys opportunities that they would not be that would not be afforded to them in other organizations. We have a deep farm system, and a lot of those guys are going to start coming up now. We've got Joey Lucchese, who's making the opening day roster. We've got Eric Lauer, who's coming up, who's of similar ilk. You know, a similar type of pitcher. 
We've got Phil Maton, this young kid who, you know, can strike guys out. You know, Naylor's raking, Quantrill's almost here. You know, this is what you're going to see over the next couple of years. You know, hype up Luis Urias. Yeah. Hype his ass up. Let's, hey, yeah. you know, the Braves fans know they're going to lose. They were so hyped on Acuna. is ridiculous. Yeah, it it's Acuna mania right now. Yeah. Hype him up. Hype up Cordero. We got this young kid. We're trying to find a spot because we're trying to find a spot for Renfro, who we like. And we're trying to figure it out because we have so much talent, you know, building up in our, in our lower levels that are now coming through AA and AAA that we don't know what to do with. And we're trying to figure it out. Come out to the ballpark and watch these kids develop. And go on this journey where they get better, they start competing, and then we start winning. And we're all in it together. Sell that, and fans will buy it. If you're just honest with them, they will buy it. Because we've bought it. That's why we're following the team. We want to see that. If you sell it to the fan, they'll buy it too. They showed up to watch Tony Gwynn hit. If you sell them something, and you're honest about it, and you make it worth their while, they will follow suit. Yeah, I also feel like fans here like to feel like they're involved. Yeah. So if you put it that way, like, hey, like when we finally get there, and we will get there... Uh, we believe that we're finally doing it right this time. Like you can, you can be like, "Hey, I've been along the whole time." Because that's why I look at it honestly. Like I don't want to be fanboy. Like I've never been fanboy on this podcast, and I never will be. But like the way I look at it is like it sucks being a Padre fan sometimes. But one, I'm never going to change. And two, like when we eventually are good and we eventually are competing, I really think that they will. I think they're doing it right this time. I can tell people, fuck you, I've been here the whole time. Yeah, how you know good I mean? is it going to feel? Yeah, I've been here through Sean Burroughs. I've been here through Ryan Klesko. I've been here through all the dog shit. Chase Headley twice. Chase Headley twice. <laughs> I got to watch Adrian Gonzalez show up for I six years I paid money to watch Walter Silva pitch. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like that. I'm going to be able to say that one day when Gore is throwing in the World Series. Like yeah. I, I firmly believe it's going to happen. And if they pitched it to that to the fans, they would accept it. The Astros fans accepted it. The Cubs fans accepted it. The White Sox fans are accepting it. Yeah. You know, the only fans that don't accept are like the Devil Rays fans or the Tampa Bay Rays fans. Well, but they yeah. don't care. They're all Yankee fans anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Anyways, let's let's touch on some more good here. Um, Eric Hosmer, I know we got into this little Twitter fest the other day about leadoff hitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, he has been really good. Uh, to his credit, I'm going to pull up his numbers right now. Um, he has been really good. He's, oh, I thought he was a bust. Who's th- Oh, that stupid article. I mean, he's... He's not hitting for power. He's only got two jacks, but he has a notch 10 How doubles. How many RBI does he have? Four? I don't care about that. It's Five. not It's not his fault. You can't drive somebody in when there's nobody <laughs> on base in front of you. But he had a double last night. I wish they, they, I wish they had like stat cast readings for right. like, like just randomly plugged in. Because I would have loved to have known how hard he hit that ball last night. He hit it off the... Uh, the upper uh, facade on the uh, right field wall there. Yeah. And uh, McCutcheon just turned around and just played it off the wall. <laughs> it was an absolute bullet. I'm surprised he got the second. But overall, going into the night, he's got a great he's got a great slash. I would take this. He's hitting 290. I love this. 398 on base. 100-point gap in between yeah. his on base and his average. He's slugging 450. That's good for 40% above league average. Well, what do they always say? Let me stop you right there. What do they always say? Hall of Fame slash sign. 300, 400, 500. Yep. Right? He's pretty close. He's close. But, I mean, he's hitting 40% above the league average hitter. If if the season ended now, don't take take, take the counting numbers out. We'll just go at bat for at bat. Right. If the season ended now, this would be the highest above league average he's ever hit. Yeah. It'd it far and away be the highest on base he's ever posted by about 10 points. Because last year was 385. Yeah. So, he's doing what... He did last year. He's hitting for a little bit less power. He's getting on base a little bit more. So I'll take it. He's being a very productive hitter. Um, it's kind of a bummer that Myers got hurt because Myers was actually doing pretty well as well. I don't think he drew a walk yet. I'm going to look that up. 
But I'm pretty sure he hasn't drawn a walk all year. You know, with uh, Hosmer, before we get to Myers, with Hosmer, I know you don't really look into shit that you can't put on a stat sheet. But Sometimes. Depends. He's, he's coming over from the American League, so it's a new league, new division, new ballparks he's playing in, a lot of pitchers I can buy he's that. facing for the first time. I can buy that. to put up those numbers in the first month, I'm cool with that. I'm actually stoked about it. I'm really impressed with his like approach at the plate. He... There are times where he's like bad. He struck out four times, I think, two or three times this yeah, year. Yeah, but that happens. Yeah, and, and it happens. And maybe sometimes he's pressing. I believe in like pressing to try to carry a team. But I've been really impressed, for the most part, with his approach in that he's not like a hacker. Right. You know, we're so used to – like Perella, for instance. Like I feel like if Perella learned to just lay off a pitch and like try to work a better count, he'd probably have a home run by now. <laughs> but like, you know – with Hosmer, like he's sitting up there and he has like an idea. This is what I'm looking for, and it's so refreshing. I, I compare him like he's basically like our Brian Giles right now. He's slugging in the mid 400s. He's got a 400 or close to it on base, and he's hitting doubles. Like it's refreshing to see like competitive at bats, and then he just laces something or he gets on base. Like he's not an automatic out when he goes up there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Will Myers had a 300 average and a 300 on base at time of injury. Ooh boy, <laughs> he hasn't drawn one walk yet. Oh, uh, well. He'll get there. He'll be fine when Honestly, he comes back. Honestly, dude, I think he's going to be out for a while. You think so? Oh, that's oh, an yeah. oblique strain, so dude, that they'll, they'll linger. They linger like crazy. I seem to remember, was it Phil Nevin? Um, he, he went down with an oblique a few times, I think. It was like, oh, hey, guys, I'm back. Oh, wait, it hurts again. Yeah, well, you got to think. I mean, it's a core. People, people think baseball is a fat guy's game, right? Everybody's like, oh, you know, John Krug. I'm not an yeah. athlete. I'm a ball player. Yeah. So it's always this idea that, like, of all the sports, it's the least physically demanding. I want somebody to go to the batting cages that like boomers right now and go hit for an hour and see how you feel tomorrow when you get up in the morning. Yeah. It is not it's, – it's not – physically demanding from the toll it takes on your body from impact but it's not easy well you also got to think how many swings these guys are taking in practice yeah. uh, uh cage sessions before the game starts t work you know they're they're taking a lot more swings than we see yeah, them in hundreds. their four to five at bats per night hundreds and and a, a, a swing is a trunk workout i mean you're working yeah. your torso so if he's got an oblique injury i don't care what you're doing you can't bend to field a ground ball you can't stretch to field a fly ball you can't swing uh, or, you know, uh, rotate your hips to turn the bat and swing. Like, it affects every aspect of his game. So, you might be right. He might be lingering for a while, but... Yeah, and that, that kind of sucks. Man. It sucks because I thought he was off to... Other than he's not drawing a walk, I thought he was off to a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, speaking off to a pretty good start, good old Christian Villanueva. Villa, yeah. as they've, they've dubbed him now. And I love this guy. Our new Solarte. Yeah. NL third baseman of the month. Made the all-month team as the third baseman. Yeah, man, you perked up once you mentioned his name. Oh, oh dude, I love the I and, and I was very timid. This season, oh, you know, I hope he does well. I'd like to see him get a shot. I don't know if he's a real prospect, but me being me, when I'm bored at work, you know, avoiding phone calls, <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, let me start to read some up. And I read up a lot about him. You know, yeah. when he was a prospect, right? I looked up. If you haven't seen it, Google him as a prospect. He's the Cubs system. It's hilarious. He's so animated at the plate when he's taking pitches. How so? Um, it's just like he talks to – he does the Jake Peavy. He talks to himself. He's making all these weird, <laughs> funny faces like he's mad at himself. And he does this thing that I love. And if you haven't seen it yet, pay attention to him when he's hitting after a swing. If he takes a pitch he doesn't like or he fouls one back or he swings through it, he mad dogs the pitcher. He stares down the pitcher. <laughs> it is hilarious because he does it every time. I see that being a problem with Bumgarner. I they eventually well, face well, each other. Bumgarner's a lefty, so, you know, yeah. death to lefties oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're Villanueva. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But he's been stellar. He's been worth the win and a half. He's by far their best player. He's in the running for Rookie of the Year. I don't know what other rookies are in the National League. He was a Major League Baseball third baseman of the month. Yeah, but I'm just talking about rookie-wise. Like, well, yeah. It, I don't know. He's not going to slug 600 the whole year. But, you know, he's he leads the league in slugging an OPS through uh, the first month. Now, again, small sample size, but the bigger the sample... The more telling it is. Um, he's hitting 107% above league average right now. That won't hold. No, he, it won't. But he leads the Potters in pretty much every major offensive category. I'm pretty. He's up there in average. He's up there on. But he leads the league in slugging. So clearly, he's the Padres in slugging. He's hit eight home runs, five doubles. He's actually drawing a decent amount of walks. He's got eight walks, which is pretty good. Yeah. You know, he's not a walk machine. How but, many strikeouts does he have? Uh, let me blow it up. He has struck out 24 times. He's striking out about once a game. Yeah, that's fine. It's not, it's not it's bad. It's fine. It's fine. It's an out. Yeah. It's, it's an out. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't view it that way. I mean, he's striking out 26% of the time. That's average. 20, 26% of the time. That's nothing. But he's walking 9% of the time. Yeah. And he's hitting bombs. Like, he hits the ball hard. And he seems to have competitive at-bats. Like, he doesn't seem overmatched or like he's overly susceptible to anything like like a Jerko or a Renfro or a Kalu Green where you're like, God, just throw him a cement mixer or a fastball. <laughs> Don't throw him a breaking ball. Villa, you know, he, he looks like he can handle that a little bit. Well, here's the thing with Villanueva. So it, it, it felt like he had a, a strong first week and we're like, uh, you know, it's only a week. It's not going to hold up. Uh, it's only two weeks. It's not going to hold up. Uh, you know, it's three weeks. Now we're like, oh, well, hey, it's a month. I, I'm excited to see when this is going to end. So am I. I'm uh, excited to see when it's going to end. I don't want it to ever end. I don't he's, either. He's tearing it up. He he has earned the spot. And this is... See, people get mad because they try to like blame stuff on Andy Green. And I feel like Andy Green is just like the new pincushion. He's the new Bud Black. Right. This team sucks. It's his fault. <laughs> Andy well, it Green... Is fault. Huh? It is his fault. It's not his fault. He didn't get the <laughs> team guy. Yeah. You know, Who's the guy I was arguing with on Twitter the other day? He's like, oh, you know, Dave Roberts. I'm like... He was handed a 90-win team. I'm just, you know, that team made the NLCS multiple times. Anyways, but like with Andy Green, to his credit, people talk about like him giving young guys chances. He pulled Headley in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, he Headley had like two games. And me and Noema went in there, and he hasn't been out of the lineup. He was out a couple because he was hurt. He had like a hammy issue, right? Yeah. But did. that's been it. And yeah. even then, Headley doesn't start over there. Like, Green was super quick. To just get, it's almost like he wanted Villanueva to take it. It's like I want this guy to take this spot, and as soon as I see a sign of him being aggressive with it, it's his. You know, whereas I feel like with Bud Black, Headley would still be out there because yeah. Villa's got to learn the you know, got to learn the game from the bench. You know, speed of the game. You know, got to yeah. learn the speed of the game. Got to earn his stripes. Yeah, never. I, I don't know about anybody else, but I've never learned how to do anything sitting on my ass watching somebody else do it. But, right. Um, no, he's been so exciting to watch. It, it gives you a reason to tune in. Right. It's like I know they're gonna lose. But I'm here to watch Villanueva hit. Well, I mean, he's taking advantage of an opportunity, right? Because he was yeah. with Texas. He was blocked by Beltre. He's never going to get up. He was Did in. they have Beltre at that time? I think they might have. They may have. I don't know. But he was traded, actually, in the Ryan Dempster deal to the Cubs. Yeah, mainly. Then yeah. he goes to um, Chicago, right? So yeah. he goes to Chicago. You're not going to start over Chris Bryant. Not Bryant actually got that. drafted like the year after they acquired him. Yeah, yeah. So he came in the system after, but he's so highly touted and yeah. such a high pick. Like no shot. You're not getting that job. You're not going to play Bryant. first. And then I'm wondering if if he thought to himself when he came to the Padres, he's like, "It's my last chance." Hell yeah. Well, not just that. But he's like, "There's no one here." Yeah. There's no one here, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this opportunity by its nutsack, and I'm gonna squeeze the shit out of it. I think that's he what he's missed. Doing. I think by the he, cojones. Yeah, the Sorry. cojones, the huevos. But he missed, I believe it was the 2016 season, he broke his leg. Yeah, he broke his leg. The Cubs didn't, uh, you know, he's out of, he's a minor league free agent at that point. The Padres signed him a week later. I'm sure you're right. Like, he saw, like, this is an opportunity for me. I played in El Paso to kind of revive my career and see if I can make something out of myself. 
And to his credit, he has ran with it. It's 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 like the it's how we wanted the Ryan Shimp story to end up, right? right? We wanted like Shimp had a nice like run, or like okay, you know, this is his chance. He's a minor league free agent. He came out of nowhere. Nobody cared about him. Uh, he didn't pan out, and then he struck out thirty times in spring training. <laughs> Whereas Villanueva has just done nothing but take advantage of the opportunity. And really, there's nobody in the system that's going to take third base from unless they magically, unless they magically like if they're dumb enough to extend Galvis and move Tatis to third, they won't. Or they acquire you know a shortstop of the future where they just you know, there's no way that Tatis is going to move over to third. He's the only guy I could see them saying, okay, we're going to bump you off. Right, like at this point, like it's his job to lose. It's yeah. his job to lose. It really is, and and we'll talk with uh, David J here pretty soon for Mad Friars. Um, but yeah, there's there's no one really there. I was talking with someone last night on on Twitter about um, like the future and how the person said, um, oh, you know, they don't have a whole lot of bats other than Tatis and Urias. And I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, well, it's not that bad going forward. If you have Via, if, if he can keep up even half of what even he's doing if he's now, a slightly above average hitter, even if he's Salarte, yeah. which I think is his ceiling. Well, yeah, you think about it. You have Tatis at short, um, Urias at second. You have Hosmer at first. You have uh, left field. I mean, we'll, we'll say outfield, right? No, you have outfield. some some uh, combination of Margot, Franchi, Myers. That's not too bad. Renfro, we don't know what's going to go on with him. We'll yeah. touch on that in a second. No, it's not. They have potential in terms of depth. I think people are like, oh, they don't have a lot of bats. Well, we got maybe, you know, the best contact hitter in the minor leagues, and Urias will be up this year. Tatis is starting to turn it back on. So he could be up in the next year and a half. So they have... They have more bats at the bottom of the system where you have like the Ornelas's of the world who are yeah. really establishing himself. Terso is yeah. on a tear. But um, you know, I, I think with like a Villanueva, those are the kind of guys I wanna say I, I don't know if it was uh if it was Jeff Sullivan of Fangraphs, somebody on Fangraphs um complimented the Padres like they like, you know, and how about the Padres? Like how what a hell of a job they've done lately of finding these like these fringe regulars and making something out of like Solarte was a throw-in. The Padres were right. lucky that they got Solarte for Headley because they waited forever and a day to, cha- to trade he- uh, Headley. Yeah, and they got Solarte, who they got turned into Oliveris. But then who, that created yeah, yeah. Who, who knows what you get out of Oliveris? And it created an opportunity to create Villanueva. Yeah, who now because of that Solarte leaving, as soon as they got Headley, Solarte was the odd man out. Is the only one with value. Villanueva's now the guy. He's now the man. It's his. It's his job. I'm really excited. To watch them in Monterey because I want to see what kind of ovation he gets. Oh yeah, I was thinking the same. Because I'm that kind of loser who gets all like, <laughs> "Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah. the crowd." Like I love when ex players go back, like when Piazza went back to the Mets. Yeah, you know, and, and he got the standing O, or like uh, when Eckstein went back to the Cardinals after he was with us, and, or when Bret Hart went back to WWF. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Shut up. More like Canada. Like yeah. when The Rock came back. Okay, there um, you go. But like, I, I love that stuff. Like, I love, like, even though he's a dick bag, you know, when Utley, you know, showed up in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, to me, those are th- those are awesome moments as a baseball fan. Solarte's wife passing, and then he comes up to the plate, and you get the standing ovation from all 1,800 people that were there. Yeah. Like, I love that stuff. So I'm really excited, considering, like, how hard it has been for him to get to this point and what he is right now, at least in this moment. Maybe he'll have a Lindor moment where he goes yard. Oh, God, if he goes yard in Mexico and he does the old panza, oh, that yeah, flip, dude. oh, man. Oh, oh yeah. I'll flip out. Yeah. I will gif it. Yeah. Oh, I, ho- I hope. I- I'm really excited. I-, I think like I think that's the storyline going into this weekend. Like They should sell that. Like, come cheer the Padres and cheer your hometown hero, your country's hero, Christian Villanueva. Yeah. Come cheer for him. Like He is our all-star right now. Like, 
I can't wait to see what kind of ovation he gets. I hope he goes yard. Oh, me too. I hope he just has a series. Oh, yeah. Just have a series. Let's talk about somebody else who's been making a really big impact um, and is creating some uh, some interesting moves to come. Franchi Cordero has been on a freaking tear. Yeah, he has. Absolute tear. He's um, been a lot of fun to watch, man. He has been. And he actually drew a couple walks last night, surprisingly. Wow. Um, overall, he's got six jacks, which is he's hit almost as many as uh, Villanueva, if not as many, in a very short amount of time. He's... Uh, I would take this, by the way, if this was his everyday year. Uh, 254, 306 on base. He's slugging 552. He's good for just under 40% above league average. He has been so exciting. I think he stole two bags last night. Maybe yeah. three. He has been exciting. Dude, he's been really exciting to watch there. Um, exactly his build. People always said, hey, you never know what you're going to see with Franchi because he has a shit ton of speed. You know, he had, uh, he had how many triples was in a year? 18? Yeah. Down there? <laughs> Like it, it's crazy, dude. The kind of speed that he brings. Now he as ruined, a slugger. Yeah. He's like six foot some odd too. Exactly. Like he's, small. he's like six feet. He's like six feet three. And that dude, that bomb he hit off of Vargas. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> it is insane watching him hit. And he I just, replayed that about six times. Yeah, me too, dude. He hits the shit out of the ball, man. Like 116 miles an hour at exit velocity. He's done it like four or five times now. Yeah, exactly. And he, dude, he hits when he goes yard. He goes yard. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not cheap shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to have that kind of power with the guy that has that much speed, dude, like let him let him run wild. Yeah, absolutely. Let him run, run wild. wild. Now he's he's cut his strikeout rate from last year down ten percent. That's always good. Yeah. He's hitting for more extra bases this year than he was last year. Again, all small sample size. At bats per strikeouts, he's closer to three. Last year he was like every other at bat. Now it's closer to every third at bat. You live with the strikeouts because there's a potential you, of everything else. Absolutely. And he's got I mean, he's walking seven percent of the time. So to me, that's respectable. Seven, eight percent is respectable. He doesn't have a ridiculous average on balls in play. Right. So it's not like he's getting overly lucky. I don't know if he'll sustain a 550 slugging, but I think he can sustain 250 with a 300 on base. I think with as hard as he hits the ball, as hard as he hits the ball, as fast as he runs, it wouldn't surprise me if he keeps up that slugging. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think with as hard as he hits the ball, because play discipline is one of those things where. It's been looked into, and it gets better as time goes on. Hosmer is a prime example of that. He has gotten better year by year, uh, give or take, about laying off pitches. Brian Kenny did a nice piece on that. Like He does better at laying off close pitches. So with as hard as Franchi hits the ball, even a slight adjustment to his plate discipline or his approach, or maybe just kind of hunting for that one pitch and learning to lay off pitches, 270 with a 320 on base and slugging 500 with his defense and base running, that's an everyday guy. Yeah. I think of the guys on the team right now, of the 25-man roster, this includes Renfro, this includes Margot Hedges, you know, anybody that's not currently on the team in a Potter uniform, I think he's got the highest upside. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. And that's why our boy H.J. Preller, he put out on Twitter, he's like, he's like, what if Franchi is our center fielder of the future? He might be. He might what be. What about Margot? I honestly, I, I think Margot has a he's place. Had a, he's had a slow start. He was hurt, but he's off to a, a pretty slow start. It was, seems like he's had a good couple of games these past two games. He's been so. hitting the ball hard since the Mets series. Yes. You know, good old Jason Vargas was a nice <laughs> slump buster for a lot yeah. of these guys. Yeah. Uh, but no, Manny has been, uh, well, Manuel. I wish he would just go by Manny. Just make us all happy. Go it, by Manny. Yeah, please. Please. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's... He's off to a slow start, a uh, really slow start. But again, we, we looked at that last time, right? We looked at, you know, his, his his average on balls in play is not, it's not good. You know, it's it's down by a lot, by like 80 points. Um, he's not walking that much less. He's not, he's striking out less right now than he was last year. So he's just a bad luck guy. But he has hit the ball hard. He looked good last night um, and he looked good against the Mets. So I think he'll turn it around. I think the one, and we've said this many a times now, like, 
what do you do with Renfro at this point? Because I can't justify sitting Cordero. Maybe you platoon him. Well, luckily he went he went ahead and uh, hurt himself. <laughs> so he he took himself out of that equation. Used luckily, very very lightly, very gingerly. Yeah. So he had a was it an elbow thing with Renfro. Yeah, something like that. Dude, Everybody's dude, there's whispers hurt. of Tommy John for Renfro. Jesus. He has Tommy John. He's out six months. No, he's out at least nine to twelve months. Well, he's he's a position player. Well, that's what Seager's out for nine to twelve months. Oh, well, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, because I think uh, the guy Glaber Torres for the Yankees got hurt like mid year last year, and he was ready to go. I mean, he could be back in six to eight months, six to nine months. Who knows? But if he comes back, let's just say he comes back. I mean, honestly, I'm telling Renfro, look, lefty on the mound, buddy. You're playing righty. It's it's Cordero's spot. Like, yeah. He's and Renfro's not doing. That bad. I mean, he's not doing great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, we we mentioned this last week. When he's we were, showing improvements. He is. He's so you showing give him at least that much. Yeah, he is showing improvements, and that's what we went over last uh, week when we were talking about him. In that, he's not. He's not getting enough playing time, in my opinion, uh, to really judge like whether or not he's going to be a future piece. He, but he's not doing awful. He's got a two eighty one on base, and he's slugging four forty. That's pretty much what he did last year. Except this year, he's been league average offensively. Um, but when I look up, like you know, him drawing walks and him, uh, you know, trying to improve the biggest uh, flaw, which is fucking plate discipline, he actually isn't uh, that bad. He actually has a seven percent walk percentage. Like I would take that. I would honestly, if he can do that, I would take that. Yeah. Because I don't think his batting average on balls in play is going to be two forty all year either. You know, I view it like he's just a little bit unlucky. You boot everything up thirty points in. You know, now he's a two thirty hitter with a three ten on base, and he's slugging you know in the high four hundreds, the higher four hundreds. I like that, but the problem is there's nowhere to put him. Right. I would be more than happy to put them there if they had kept Franchi in AAA and not you know shown us this like potential superstar. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, he's what he's in El Paso, and he puts up all kinds of crazy numbers, and then, and then he comes him. up anyways. Yeah. So I mean, the Franchi, the kind of talent that Franchi has. That's the cream always rises to the top. Agreed. So I mean, Renfro, he, it's it's just not there. It's just. I feel I like know. it might be. He's just not going to get. It's not going to be. He he's not going to get the chance to shine. And not here. Him. He's going to be one of the guys that we trade away. He's going to be the next Jerko. Exactly. You know, we're going to trade him away for next to nothing, uh, John Jay, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to go off. He's going to play well for another team. So he's going to be put in a situation where he fits better, and it's going to be, oh, we always trade our best players. We always get screwed on these trades. That's eh. exactly what's going to be for Renfro. Maybe. Maybe we'll see, but I I, I do think yeah, and that's fine because Franchi's gonna be so good, we're not even gonna care. Yeah, hopefully we won't care. The, the only reason Jerko and Grandal and uh, give me another guy here is did really well after we got rid of him, but Jerko and Grandal, the two I think of Alonzo, right. is because they didn't do well here, and then we didn't get anything. I mean, we got Espinoza eventually for the Alonzo, but the Jerko and Grandal trades, we didn't get anything. Yeah, we got we were left with our dick in our hands. Yeah, basically. Uh, essentially, speaking of dick in our hands, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, give David J a call. How do you segue that? I don't know. I just threw it out there. You're gonna say cream rises to the top, but then we kept going. I say, well, you know, we got the cream of the crop from Mad Fryers, but we kind of moved away from that. But uh, what a nightmare! <laughs> oh, we're gonna go God. ahead and uh, bring David J on. Yeah, let's bring him in. All right, folks, and we have him here live, not in studio, though, via Skype. David J. of Mad Friars. Welcome, David. Hey, hey, how are you, man? We are doing well. How about yourself, sir? Life is good. 
That's good. Life is great, actually, from a uh, Mad Friars subscriber. You can check out the website, of course. You can also see him at Mad Friars on Twitter. Uh, David, big month uh, for the Padres minor league system. A lot going on. Uh, we got Josh Naylor on the, the uh, topics here. Uh, Buddy Reed, Javi Guerra. Let's touch on Buddy Reed because that's really piqued Eric's interest. Buddy Reed is raking uh, in Lake Elsinore. What, what's going on with Buddy Reed? Did he finally learn to hit? Is it he's old for the level? What's going on? Well, he's definitely not old for the level, I, despite the fact that, you know, 23 years old makes him old for the storm. You got to remember that that's pretty much on track. He just turned 23 uh, this last week. He's the average age of a Cal League player. He's just old compared to the 17-year-olds they're pushing through every <laughs> level of the organization. Um, so I think with Buddy right now, some of it is just noise. You know, when you look at, at the numbers underneath, he's still striking out at about the same rate he did last year. He's actually walking even less, but he's been making great contact. Uh, one of the things he's done really effectively to use his speed, especially from the left-hand side, is he's already collected uh, six in, uh, bunt hits this year. You know, for as much is, as is made about the evils of bunting, Bunting for hits is a great thing, and Agreed. it's a great way to capitalize on, on the tool that he's got. So, um, you know, I think I, – I don't think we're going to see him continue to hit 470 on balls in play, but, you know, <laughs> wow. uh, when that stabilizes a little bit, I think some of those numbers will, will come down a little bit. But he is a guy who, you know, he, he's got enough tools to play really well on the defensive side. He's leading the Cal League in stolen bases. I think he's only been caught once in 14 tries. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, so, so he's got tools. You know, some of the numbers look a little bit inflated right now. He's five homers, but two of them are inside the park. Uh, probably neither one of them should have scored even with his speed. But, but <laughs> you know, it, it's a lot better to be in the situation he is explaining why you might expect the, uh, you know, 980 OPS to drop over the course of the next month than it is to be uh, at 580 trying to explain how it might go up. So, not, you know. It's hard to argue with the results he's had so far, and it'll be fun to watch him, especially to see as he faces some left-handed pitchers and has to hit from the right side, uh, how that goes and, and how he's able to keep it up. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it's it's kind of funny to watch him up there at Lake Elsinore because I still like, you know, um, the stats he's putting up, regardless of those stats, still when I watch him swing, I'm like, man, how is he putting up these numbers? Because it just it doesn't doesn't really make sense to me. But um, sticking at Elsinore, which, by the way, I don't know if you listened to our last time, our last show that we had Conniff on, but we, we outed you because I know that um, you're viewed as the and I called you earlier, the curmudgeon of Mad Friars, <laughs> uh, <laughs> viewed as as the, the jackass of Mad Friars on Twitter. But um, great follow on twitter yeah keep it on lake elsinore dude uh we we got to meet up with you out there uh with the press pass you showed us around so thanks again for that uh maybe we'll uh link up up there later on but uh baez in elsinore now baez paddock what can we expect to see from these guys um as they're getting going a little bit later than everyone else but as they get going this season yeah well first a little inside uh tip on on the mad priors twitter uh john is sometimes content to make his own smart-ass comments and then attribute them to me later. So uh, while, while, while I have earned uh, the reputation 
it's not entirely mine. So I'll just leave it at that for the moment. Okay. Um, in terms of the pitching staff at, at Elsinore, uh, you know, you're talking about a staff where, uh, you know, arguably all five of those guys at the front end of it have a pretty reasonable path to being big league starters. You've got, at this point, the sixth spot in the rotation is going to be shared between Bolaños and Lake Backer. But when you're rolling out at the high A level of rotation that goes Baez, Paddock, Lawson, Morejon, Avila, that's, uh, that's tough to argue with. Um, yeah. You know, Baez, obviously, a uh, really big guy. He was late getting started this year because of a back injury in the offseason. Uh, they've been slow to get him going in spring training, but, you know, he was he was throwing 85 pitches uh, the last couple of outings that extended before he came out. A uh, little bit of a rocky start the first couple of times, just hasn't had as much feel for uh, for his pitches as he was showing last year. But uh, I don't think there's much to read into there. Paddock. You know, laid off for just almost two years after Tommy John surgery comes out uh, with his first start in the Cal League. First time he goes six innings in his career and is exactly what he was before the injury shut him down. You know, he's the guy that came over uh, from the Marlins in the Francisco Rodney trade a couple of years ago. Um, You know, he doesn't have a lot of innings under his belt. He's still less than 100 total professional innings since he was drafted out of high school uh, by the Marlins. So, you know, I think they're going to have to make a decision about how aggressively they want to push him. But, you know, you look at a guy who has, boy, his his career strikeout-to-walk numbers are just about 10 to 1. Um, that That's going to play no matter where you are. Oh, yeah. And uh, for him, the, the thing to watch is going to be how his breaking ball emerges, you know, fastball and changeup are both already really strong, playable pitches. Uh, how he develops that third pitch is going to be a question, especially as he gets to double uh, A, which could happen as soon as this summer, I think. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a lot of fun guys to watch. You you see what what Reggie Lawson has done uh, through his first four starts. I'm going to really dangerously talk about his production an hour before he takes the mound for his next start. <laughs> yeah. So so if he tanks tonight, it's entirely Conniff's fault. Uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, he's a guy who I think most of the people we talk to, you look at the two high school arms out of that 2016 draft class, Mason Thompson and uh, and Reggie, and I think most people felt more comfortable coming into the year saying that that long term. Thompson's the starter. Thompson's the guy who has a brighter horizon. Now, he's pitching really well tonight, um, at least was before we got going here. Um, but he's had a rough start to the year where Lawson has just been a monster for Elsinore with the more aggressive assignment. So I think that's another one that's uh, really exciting to watch. And, of course, Adrian Morahone is a guy who right now the uh, some of the parts hasn't been as good as the individual pieces. But, you know, he's a teenage lefty throwing 97-98 at high A ball. Uh, you're going to get a lot of opportunities to, to make mistakes and come back from him when you're doing that. 
definitely a hundred percent now with uh down going down a level to uh fort wayne uh mckenzie gore he's been out with the blister on his hand but we're talking about the storm pitching staff and how excited their rotation is um do you think there's any chance that uh lake elsinore we see mckenzie gore there or or uh or not as we cross our fingers seriously yeah uh, um yeah I and mean, i think the you know the, the blister thing is annoying but not something you'd put in the category of a long-term concern uh you know he's thrown a couple of bullpens since he went on the disabled list um you know i i think it's probably pretty reasonable to think he'll he'll be back in game action within the week um you know i think his performance is going to drive his timeline you know we're we're may 1st and he's thrown all of three innings so you know, one of the questions was how they were going to get him through the year without um, maxing out his innings. <laughs> the blister has kind of given them a way to do that. So, uh, you know, I think if he performs the way everybody thinks he's capable, and, you know, this is a, again, a teenage pitcher with, with four pitches that are all at least big league average right now. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to see him getting a promotion. There's been noise about whether they would push him straight to double A, which really, you know, the, the subset of pitching prospects who've taken that path is one and it's Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, it's hard to say that anything is too aggressive an assignment with the current, uh, Padres front office staff. That would be pretty aggressive in my book, but I certainly think it's possible we will see him move up at least one level uh, as the summer goes on if he gets back and is is performing the way we expect him to. Selfishly, we want him in Elsinore, but <laughs> yeah. uh, really exciting, and you're right, I guess, with the blister, you know, kind of pushing him back to where he probably won't pitch for a little while, and they can stretch him out a little bit longer over the season. Uh, let's jump into uh, some guys in double-A. Uh, Josh Naylor, who they got in the Castro trade, he has been on an absolute tear. I've got his slash sign here. He's hitting 379, 450, 674 slugging. Uh, what's changed? Because Naylor is all said to have raw power and have the ability to hit, uh, but it's like he's turned on a second gear. What's what's different about Josh Naylor so far through one month in double-A that wasn't there from the time he's drafted through the end of last season? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll have a better first-hand answer next week. I've, I'm headed out to San Antonio for the uh, four games starting next Thursday. So well, maybe we'll bump obviously Kevin for looking... you again. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to getting a look at him. We only saw him a very little bit in, in spring when we were out there at Peoria. Um, you know, what you're seeing is a guy who has often – been willing to swing at pitchers' pitches, even if they're in the zone, uh, that he can't do as much damage with. And, you know, you look at what he's done so far this year, he's looking for pitches he can attack, not just pitches he can do something with. And and it's paying off for him. You know, um, the, the adventure of seeing whether he's a left fielder is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, but you know he's he's a guy he he's loosened up his hands a little bit with his swing uh last year you could see that uh pitchers were getting in underneath him pretty easily uh even before he got promoted up to to San Antonio uh this year 
he seems to be doing damage on pitches in a wider variety of parts of the strike zone, and obviously that's a really good development for him. So, you know, he's only struck out in about 11% of his plate appearances. He's walked more than he's struck out. And when he makes contact, it's going a long way. So that's, uh, you know, if, if you were going to make some recommendations, those those would be good things to do. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, to, to say the least, the, obviously we're looking forward to the future of this team, and that's that's what the focus is on. And that's why, you know, we love what you guys do over at madfriars.com. Check them out. Uh, make sure you subscribe. As Kevin says, drop the coffee for one day and uh, go ahead and go on their website and get this quality information. But um, you have a piece coming out to wrap up the uh, month that was. Is it? And forgive me. Is it out yet, or is it coming out here uh, in the next couple of days? Uh, it'll be it'll be out in the next two days. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so it'll be out there in the next couple of days. Um, again, we have David J from Madfires at DMJ um, on Twitter. David, going forward here as we wrap up here before we let you go. Um, Going forward, uh, obviously we have the first month in the books. We won't say everything that's in the article that you're putting out because we want people to go on and uh, subscribe and actually read it themselves. Um, but going forward, what are you looking forward to seeing uh, through the system the rest of the time out? Well, um, so as the guy who single-handedly argued to keep Austin Allen off of our uh, top 20 list. Uh, <laughs> How's that know, working for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really confident about that decision. You know, everything I just said about Naylor and the progress he's made, um, you know, <laughs> Allen's leading him in every offensive category. So, yeah, that, that looks like a really good call on my part. Um, you know, he's slugging a mere 773 through his first 100 plate appearances, so that'll that'll probably work okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching how he uh, continues to do at the plate, but also, you know, he's a guy who's done a ton of work to improve defensively since he was drafted. Um, you know, it's a it's a narrow eye of the needle for him to thread to have enough defensive value behind the plate to um to work with that bat um but boy you couldn't have asked for a better start from him uh certainly how fernando tatis turns around here in the in the second month is going to be a huge storyline in the organization and then continuing to watch the kids down in fort wayne um and it it's hard to the the number of, of comparisons you can make when you're talking about uh, Tirso Ornelas or Jason Rosario or even Camposano, the catcher who's a teenager, you know, there just aren't that many 18-year-old full-season stat lines to compare to. So trying to, to see how those guys develop um, after a really aggressive assignment for each of them and all three of them are off to a, a fantastic start, uh, you know, Estuary Ruiz as well. And I think that team is going to continue to be just fascinating to watch. You know, you're going to start to see some of the other young arms uh, get out there at some point during May. Uh, I think when Luis Patino gets out there to pitch, that's going to be a really fun storyline to watch as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, plenty, you get definitely gave us plenty to go off of here. And so we're really excited, looking forward to it. Again, guys, madfriars.com. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, David, we appreciate you coming on with us, man. We got to link up again at uh, Elsinore sometime soon. Hopefully, Kevin, Mr. Big Shot from Ben and Woods, will come with us next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I'm 
handling all of his bookings for him now at this point. So I'll get the the writer with his uh, with his meal and and beverage requirements over to you guys. Oh wow, that sounds great. So what's that? A McRib and a Diet Coke? <laughs> <laughs> I think with Kevin, I think he'd be happy if you just take him to all you can eat at KFC buffet, and then he's <laughs> yeah, the hell snore. He's good to go. So we'll go there and we'll, we'll pick up the tab just for you guys helping us out on the pod. But uh, hey, Dave, thanks for coming on, man. Take care. Absolutely, have a great one. All right. Thank you, sir. Dude, he's the, he's the best, man. Dave is, is the best. And and we were always saying, dude, about how he was the uh, the curmudgeon or the jackass of Mad Friars. But dude, he's funny as hell. Man. He is. He's actually a really nice guy. He just comes off salty on Twitter, but. You Which know, I love. I, I do too. But you're reading text, so you're, you're kind of interpreting it your own way. But uh, yeah. speaking of Twitter, it's time to get into our uh, favorite segment, I guess, our uh, Padre Twitter question uh, for this week. Why don't you uh, go ahead and start us off? Yeah, so we have a lot of them. We put it out there. We got a lot of feedback. And um, there's um, we'll, we'll pick out the best of the best. So when, when Andy Mazone at 13 Mazone says, I just want to be mentioned on the pod, like we're not going to read stuff like that, yeah. even though I just did. Yeah. Um, but there's stuff. Piss off, Mazone. Yeah, piss off. Uh, Raging Ricky at blood underscore light. He says pissed. He said thought. <laughs> He's well, like, let's let's submit the question out there first. My uh, apologies. Yeah, yeah, let me read it. I, I just said, hey, um, first month of the season, are you content? Are you pissed? Or is this exactly what you expected? And what do you expect to see from them going forward? Uh, Ricky says uh, he's pissed. He thought it was going to be way worse. <laughs> so he That's is obviously, so yeah, far. he is obviously on Team Tank. As is Cameron Jose at Real Cameron Jose. He said Tank is back on. Give me that number one pick in 2019. That dude, I I can't fully say I'm back on board with the Tank because I am so fucking sick of losing. Like, nah. I don't want to sit here and last year. I mean, last year was okay, but we tanked for one year. I know, but I don't want to keep doing it, man. I'm I don't sick think of they're it. tanking on purpose, though. To their credit, I think they legitimately thought, "Hey, we got a better defensive shortstop," which I haven't bothered to look up, but uh, I'll look it up later on my own. But I think they really thought, like, we might we might be a little bit better. You know, we're adding another Myers level, or maybe better, and to this point, better bat in Hosmer. Margot's going to grow. Hopefully, Renfro and Hedges will grow. You know, we're bringing back some maybe decent starters i think we'll be a little bit better and they have been absolutely worse <laughs> yeah one of my favorites here uh ryan at ryan schaefer underscore he says why is sean burrows wearing chase headley's skin? <laughs> that was the best one <laughs> that is great dude that is great of all the hate for chase headley that's that's one of the best uh tweets that i've seen and i'm i'm one of the biggest headley haters that there are out there um of the more exciting uh, tweets that we got from that patrick brewer <laughs> at Patrick Burr 93 I'm completely calm I've seen nothing I haven't expected <laughs> thanks for that Patrick yeah. uh, Jake Tremblay longtime listener of the pod thanks Jake at Jake Libido he says a little bit of everything he's excited about two fifths of the rotation there's tons of issues offensively and also he says he'd like to see uh, the Padres really embrace the Microsoft Paint stylings of H.J. Preller and maybe <laughs> the wonderful fantasy fiction from Padres Erotica. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's that's just a pipe dream. Have you have you followed Padres Erotica yet? No, you no, have. Am to, I missing dude. out? Oh yeah, okay. you're, you're missing. I'll give out. it a follow when we get off the air here and read something. I got one here from Roy hashtag Hot Talent Lava Fanatic at Zippy underscore TMS. Uh, disappointed, expected more from Margot Renfro Hedges and Perdomo. Injuries suck. Headley and Mitchell have worn out their welcome. Loves Galvis, loves Villa, loves Lucchese, and Simber, though. So, a little bit of both. I can agree with that. 
Yeah. Um, I think Mitchell is very much worn as welcome. Chase barely plays, so it's almost like he's not even on the team. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes I forget true. he's there. He hasn't been to the beginning of an opera. He's got 30 at-bats in a month. That's like, what, four at-bats a week? He's he's not getting or, uh, five at-bats a week. He's not getting a ton of chances. Um, but I agree with him. You know, Hedges, I wanted to mention this when we were going to the good and bad and, and got running there. Hedges has not made any progress. I can look at Margot and say, Margot's had bad luck. Hedges is the same guy. Yeah. Like, all that all that bluster of Mark Sweeney of changing the approach and really trying to get into a more athletic position to hit and really understanding the adjustments needed to be made when playing the game of baseball, Don, didn't do jack squat. He's the same guy. Maybe Hedges just needs more players-only meetings. <laughs> and then With that's the roof open in somebody's office. He's just not, like... I saw, damn it, maybe you remember. I saw a tweet that uh, was quoting, like, uh, Hedges, maybe I'm just not good at hitting. Oh, boy. He actually <laughs> said that? No, I don't think it was him actually saying it. I think oh. it was somebody just doing something. I was going to say. <laughs> That'd be amazing, right? But it was somebody doing some mock-like conversation that Hedges had with the trainer. Maybe I'm just not good at hitting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But maybe. I mean, you know, we all said this as much as, you know, we want to see him up there and as great as he is defensively and swoon and yada, yada. He's not hitting. He's just he's just not hitting. It's it's to a point where it's just he comes up and it's like I'm not even excited to see him hit. Like it's his batting average on balls in play is awful, but it's the same as it was last year. He's not he's not walking more. He's not hitting the ball harder. He's I mean, he is actually walking more. He is striking out uh, more though. I think the swoon bit has run its course. I'm done with swoon. All right, I'm gonna come out and say it. I'm sick of I'm. It's offensively okay. I'm sick of watching him go up to the plate. Him with the bat in his hands makes me vomit. If Austin Allen keeps hitting, I am hoping that Austin Allen's defense improves to the point where it's not a tr- you're not jumping off the Coronado Bridge, Kevin <laughs> Klein, as far as defensively. I'm hoping that Austin Allen improves to where it's not that big of a drop-off to where he eventually takes Austin Hedges' I will spot. take – I mean, if, if if Austin Allen is Grandal defensively, I would take that. I would. Because as much as I like Hedges, as much as I value his defense – Grandal's good defensively, isn't he? He's Hasn't solid. he improved? He's improved. His issue was always framing and receiving. Right. Um, but he hits enough to where, you know, you don't really care. Yeah. Hedges, to me, is great defensively. But once you take that out of his hand, he loses all his value. He's not a great base runner because he doesn't get on base. Yeah, he's got power, but he doesn't hit. It's it's getting to a point where you wonder if Austin Allen keeps doing what he's doing. He's at double A. The next step up is triple A. He doesn't seem too far off. If he keeps hitting this way through the end of May and middle of June, at some point, you got to move him to AAA because he's just yep. not being challenged at that point. And guess what he's going to do in AAA? Rake. Oh, yeah, dude. He's going to rake. Assuming gonna rake. that this is real. He's not going to slug 700. But, you know, assuming that he gets – because that's what you want to wait for, right? He's in AA. Let him get through, you know, the end of May and the middle of June to get around the league a couple times. Let the scouting reports get around. If he's still hitting, you push him to AAA. And if he hits there and Hedges still isn't doing anything to keep his job, you can't just hand the guy the job just because he's – you know, a charming, handsome young man who is an excellent defensive catcher. You have to extract some kind of value out of him at some point. And a guy with a career point Maybe he's just war, a backup. Maybe that was his floor. Yeah. That was his floor was Brad Osmus. He's a backup catcher. Maybe that's he, what he is. Honestly, right now, I, I'm going to look it up, but I don't think he could wash Brad Osmus's jockstrap as a player yeah. <laughs> as it stands because he just... He is an automatic out at the plate. An well, Aaron out. loves Austin Hedges. At, um, Aaron at underscore Aaron 87. A-A-Ron. 
Um, he says, I'm you e- done done it now, Aaron. He says, I'm irritated. Didn't think it would be this bad. <laughs> Plus, Austin is hurt. He also says he wants to see a damn win when he's at the ballpark for starters. He thinks he's a jinx. You're not a jinx, buddy. <laughs> if that's the case, we're all a jinx. <laughs> yeah, we are all a jinx. He says, he says uh, that wouldn't explain them stinking it up everywhere else. So, yeah. um, he's bummed that Austin Hedges is hurt. So, he's probably not going to be too happy about us shitting on Hedges. But, dude, it's been bad. It, it's been real bad. To, like I said, to a point to where... Austin Allen, you know, maybe maybe he starts uh, turning some heads. You know, the front office maybe gets a little bit tired of of Hedges and just thinks he's a backup. You know, he has some value as a backup. Uh, our good friend Ryan Barkley at Papa Bark, who might get a free ad drop. <laughs> the Padres keep. I still don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I don't think so either. But we'll see. Uh, I actually didn't expect him to win this many. Honestly, Headley has to go though. I know I've been saying it since before time, but common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I, I think he like, meant come on. Oh, yeah. Well, he spelled common, so <laughs> not my fault. You know, Twitter needs an edit button. Yeah. I don't know, has anybody ever, like, how about instead of banning, uh, you know, Padres Jagoff, who has, you know, has not been seen since, why don't we get an edit button? Yeah. That'd be nice. I'd be but down for that. I really honestly forget Headley's on the team sometimes because he never plays. <laughs> yeah. It's glorious. You know, um, Carlos R at C underscore Los R, he basically this whole tweet wraps up everything that we talked about this hour and change up until this point Uh, because I agree 100% he says pretty much uh, what I thought would happen so far this season tough schedule bad rotation would like to see more growth from Margot Franchi Via Lucchese and better starts from Lauer and better hand jobs that goes back to that sandpaper glove that that we ran into a couple times so if we can keep the sandpaper glove away I think we'll be just fine with uh, Brad Hand who we're I don't want to say stuck with because I think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna turn it around, but he maybe... doesn't. He he had a one four ERA going into last night. Yeah, it's not like he sucked all year. No, I know he's he's been good, but you know me, I'm recency guy. I'm, yeah, what have you done for me lately? A hundred. 100%. Uh, Fritz says, at SD Fritz, who um, everyone else probably won't be able to read it because he still has a locked account, um, which you uh, played with for a little bit. Going for uh, with, professional reasons. Going the lock <laughs> route. Um, he says, they've played just as I thought. Anybody who was expecting more is delusional. I agree there. He says, hell, even they, ownership warned us the team would suck. Hashtag the road to 69 wins. Nice. nice. Very nice. Very nice. Did, um, did ownership warn us the team would suck, though? Yes, because they said they weren't going to be competing for at least another year or two. Well, yeah. So they kind of softly said it in a way that was like not blatantly obvious. Um, yeah, but, but then I mean, didn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Uncle Ron come out and say that they're trying to move the window forward by bringing in Hosmer? Yeah, but how many years? So that kind can of really sending mixed forward? signals there. It is. I think it's like we're trying to win the move. They're saying that we're not going to win now without saying we're not going to win now. It's more of we're going to try to move that window forward, just not this year. Yeah. But we didn't say that, so you can't hold us to it. Um, at uh, Good old Leisure Fryer, at Leisure Fryer, who you can find in a hospice, bless his soul, <laughs> says, yes, we need a, because Mazzone wanted to be mentioned, right? So this is a follow-up to that. Uh-huh. Yes, we need a real Latino on the 5.5. We love Antonio. Me, D5, has unfortunately turned into a gringo. Leisure Fryer, I didn't know you cared so much. Oh, my God. That is the nicest thing he's ever said to me. That is the nicest thing he's ever said to me. So I wish you well, Leisure Fryer, as you battle dementia. And uh, make sure to put your dentures in the cup to your left, not your right. Oh, boy. I didn't even read that until you just said it. Yeah, I like to click on the... I notice sometimes you read stuff I don't see, and I'm like, it's probably in the little comments underneath. So I was just scrolling through, and that's what I ran into. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, a lot of... When I first posted this in the first, like, uh, 10 or 15 minutes, there wasn't a lot of feedback. So I wasn't sure if we are going to go down this route. Maybe they thought I posted it again, and they were like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... 
um, yeah, they'll wrap it up with the uh, Padre Twitter segment there. A lot of good feedback. We appreciate that. We appreciate all the uh, all the uh, blasting of that post for sure. You know, one thing is as this um, month started, so something that is really it goes into the positive, and it's not on the field. It's the coverage of the team off the field. You look at the golden age of Padre podcast, as it were. I thought you were going to talk about Fox Sports. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I'll kind of tie it into mainstream and old media. But golden age of Padres podcast, right? So you have a couple that just hit. My personal favorite, I'll say it right now. Whoever listens to this show, if you guys have a, a podcast, I'm sorry. My favorite one to listen to is Bluntly Padres. Right, so those guys just kind of came on the scene and, and lit it up, so to speak. Yeah, um, I love listening to their show. It's entertaining. They actually, to an extent, know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, um, and they make it fun to listen to. And as fans, that's all we care about, right? So you have them. Um, our friends Angela and Roy started a podcast called Working the Count. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's been fun. See, you don't know that because you don't pay attention. Yeah, so, true. So that's been fun to listen to. And then, you know, because they bring a different dynamic. They're a couple. And, you know, it's it's a different it's different give and take that's not out yeah, there right now. Different which chemistry. Is, which yeah. is nice. And then on top of that, uh, if that wasn't enough, Angela at Bullpen Babe, she says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and start another podcast. So she has another one um, with Liddy, at Liddy Lurie, uh, Donovan's wife. Uh, it's called Hell's Bells. which uh, is, I dude, love that name. It's Yeah, I love the name first and foremost. But the content on it is great, dude. Like, um, as, as great as Angela is, Liddy is funny as shit, dude. Liddy is so funny. She was wonderful at the opening day meetup. Yeah, very, very funny. And and we met Donovan before we met her. But um, as, as cool as Donovan was, we met Liddy. And it's like, hey, dude, like... I, I'll never talk to you again. I'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but then you look at, like, AC's getting a lot of shit, right? About the whole, hey, this is my office and blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking, I was thinking about all this cool stuff that's going on with people that follow the team as kind of like a um, not mainstream, like kind of, you know, just as we do our shit here. I'm thinking about it, and then I'm thinking about, well, let's see, how, how's AC doing? And then I think about I'm like, I don't ever read anything that AC puts out there. So I, haven't I have no read an on. MLB.com article in like five or six years. Yeah. I had ESPN Insider for a while, and I liked reading like... So then you're definitely not reading the UT. No, uh, no, I, I haven't read the UT in even longer. Exactly. And then, the UT to me is like, it's, they're, they're a prehistoric art form at this point. Yeah. I was actually, it's funny you mentioned it because I, I, I was... Uh, Reading a uh, thread where a good old friend, uh, David Dodd, uh, f- you might know him from The Reader, and then uh, Mad Fryers, <laughs> I'm assuming it was Conniff, uh-huh. they were going back and forth about how the media doesn't implement like advanced metrics and analytics, and they have this weird... like like one-sided war where they're fighting like to try to keep homers and RBIs and wins and losses. Canapa. Yeah. It's like, but it's, it's a one-sided fight because the front offices don't care. And you know, they're, they're doing their thing with, you know, with, um, you know, analytics and, and using more advanced stats, stat cast war, team version war, OPS plus weighted runs created plus, you know, they're moving more towards stuff that's more tangible to really show you about a player, right? Because if you look at Hosmer, four RBIs, he sucks. Yeah. But then you look at Jesus, he's got a 390 on base. He's slugging 450. He's yeah. walking 15% of the time. This guy's great. He doesn't make outs. You know, in that they were going back and forth about how the media, for whatever reason, particularly print media, fights so hard against it. And I made a good point in that. What I like about the podcasts in, in relation to this is that 
you have like Marver and Jagoff, right? Like Marver is Mr. Like he's like the Brian Kenny of that <laughs> show, right? Yeah. Like he is I love advanced stats. I know Patrick Brewer does, and I think we're kind of on the same level. Marver's on a whole nother level than I am. Yeah. I'm not even I wouldn't bother to go into that deep with Marver because he's so, you know, entrenched in these advanced stats that they bring to the podcast, right? That's me on this show. That's what I do. You're the you're the you're the old school guy, I'm the numbers guy. We have a balance. Elston and Gennaro. Elston's more of a numbered guy. Gennaro's more of the old school guy. You have these different podcasts that bring different approaches but are also more forward thinking. And I think that makes it better for the Potters community because then you go to an AC and he's posting pictures on his Snapchat right. about the roof being open. And then you got Canapa who couldn't probably spell on base percentage. <laughs> you know, and then all these other guys who just, you know, in, in, in the old San Diego media that just don't move on. Um, Casavell will use advanced stats, you know, in some of his articles, as will Dennis Lynn. Dennis Lynn was with the UT. He got promoted to the Athletic. You mean to tell me they were going to pay him more to go over there? Yeah. He took, that's a pay raise for him, I'm sure. And it's a better opportunity and a better gig because he can actually do cool articles like the one about uh, Luis Sarias. Yeah. So I, I like that, and I and I view like Casavell to a point, and more more Lynn because it's it's an independent of the Padres. He's not right. a Padre employee. Exactly. You know, he gets to do his own thing and cover the Padres, which he is good at. I view that plus the podcast community plus Sack Butt Dustin who writes you know what I hear excellent articles. Obviously, Mad Friars who those are our guys. You know, I, I look at that and think like it's a great avenue for the average Padre fan to stumble on because they're going to get so much more than what you would get with the bluster you get on obviously Fox Sports uh, San Diego because it's for the team and obviously old print media. Yeah, exactly. And then there's there's the people like um, I've heard Jagoff say many times, H.J. Perler. He's like, you know, the only thing that those guys really have on the podcasters is access to the players. That's it. That's all they have. But to that point. The players, the coaches, the staff, everyone, they are trained so hard to give the PR answers, to just oh, of be vanilla. So do they really have much? Does anyone really care? Like, hey, no. hey, uh, what what happened today? Oh, well, you know, I just went out there and did my best. Um, you know, did the best I could for the team, but wasn't the, the old you know who had it down perfect? Derek Jeter. Yeah. He had cliches down perfect. Yeah, you're you gonna know, get cliche one out of game cliche. at a time. You got to go out and play the right way, yada, yada. And even, I mean, there's stuff that they will get. Because we've talked to David Dodd, and there's things that he's told us. And Kevin Charity's another guy. Things that they've told us that they've gotten that they can't come out and print. They can't come out and say, like, here's this interview I had. And say these things because they're off the record. Yeah. And there's that, you know, that mutual respect of, you're not going to say this. Exactly. You're not going to cite me. Um, you know, we had that with uh, a buddy of ours uh, from... Uh, Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm bl- drawing a blank. The uh, 805 boys, you know, oh, yeah. are insider, right? Yeah. But they're not going to out it. Like, you know, you learn these things and you learn not to out it because you have that privilege. But that's the thing. That's all they got. Yeah. You can't use that because if you put it out there, you lose that access. So what What good is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's kind of my point. Like, I'll, I'll never read the UT. So if, if anyone, like, if, if, hey, what's your take on AC? I don't know because I don't read a shit. <laughs> I read Mad Friars. Yeah. I read The Athletic. I read 805 West when they put out shit. Like, I read other crap. I do not read. I read the Kept yeah. Faith. I don't I read, read uh, the I UT. read This Week in Padres Twitter. I'm an avid follower of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we read that. We don't need you, AC. Like, we don't care we about don't. your office. We, okay? We honestly don't. And I would be hard-pressed to say that if you put us and gave a lot of the guys, not, not us like the 5.5 pod, but the, some of the people that are involved here, like, you and I do this for fun. You know, obviously, like, I've known Kevin for five years. Kevin Sheridan Madfriars, and he's living his dream. This is what he, when I met him, he was writing, like, one-off articles here and there and, and, you know, more freelancing. Like, he's living his dream. I guarantee you, you give him an opportunity to read that work, you give him AC's job, 
just as good, if not better. Yeah, Guaranteed. with no restrictions. No, with no with restrictions. no restrictions yeah. from the team. No, yeah. like hey, uh, you even know, if there were, let's spin it. Yeah, even if there were, because you got to think with Mad Fars, they have access. They, they they can only be so critical, right? Right. Like they can't do what we do and come on here and shit yeah. on the team. So even with restrictions, I still think that Kevin Charity would put out more quality work than Kevin AC. Oh yeah, hundred percent uh, by by and far. Just because there's a different level of passion and knowledge for it. AC seems like he's just on vacation. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Whereas Kevin actually has a passion for the game. I know the guy personally. We've been friends for a long time, well before this podcast. And I know that you know if you give him that opportunity, he'd do a good job. David Dodd's a good example of that. David Dodd, you give him the opportunity, he'll put out some good work. He put out good work when he was covering with the reader because he loves the team and he loves baseball. You know, it's his own take. But I just feel like the community we have now is so much more better, even with limited access to what the Padres are doing as a team than what you actually get from like the legit media. Yeah, 100%. You know, dude. To me, I don't give two flying fucks what Bill Center has to say. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. And also, there Except are... Bill Center. I mean, there's there's people there um, that are in that, that realm and that uh, medium there that actually do believe that people like us should have more access. For example, I went down... If you guys listen to Dave and Jeff podcast... Um, you know that we're we're the greatest. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's our greatest. favorite by far. Oh, now you're name dropping, huh? So I went huh? down there, Mr. To, Big Shot. I went down there to help him get on Stitcher and Google Play. Hey, we're on Stitcher, by the way. I just got us on there. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. Um, but anyways, I went down there. And I was talking to Dave beforehand, and he's like, I don't know why they don't give you guys that sh- that access. You know, they should be buffing you guys out, give you access to that shit. You know, let there be more coverage for their team because at the end of the day, I mean. And I told him, I was like, hey, I mean, we shit on the Padres a lot, of, a lot of times. He's like, yeah, but it's coverage of the team. Good coverage, bad coverage, it's still coverage. Yeah, that's Kanye West. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're, we're not ever expecting to get any access like that. I mean, but it's a fair point. It is a fair point. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of my my uh, thing I wanted to throw in there about how it's cool about how, as a community from Twitter, we're able to put out a way better things that old media would ever be able to put out yeah and with the better understanding of you know the direction that you know realistically whether you like it or not baseball's going analytically statistically prospect heavy stuff and have you noticed that every single time that someone who is affiliated with the team whether it be posner and ac um i don't know if agler because agler just put posner, out a posner retweeted me the other day and, and actually liked what i had to say so i can only hate him so much for a little while <laughs> have you noticed that any time that it's something that involves the team or whatever instead of podcast they put pad like pods because it's padres enough with that shit oh, if yeah. i see that done that's lame absolutely no chance i click on it and listen to it that's if i lame. see podcast padc so that's so cute no no yeah it's I'm not, exactly oh, how cute yeah i'm not listening to it done there is absolutely no chance that i that i check it out <laughs> once i see that and it could be the best thing in the world but I'm, i'll never know because i refuse to listen so yep. no i understand that's Anyways. silly it's very silly one thing i do want to go before we uh close up shop here um i pulled up the padres upcoming schedule mm-hmm. i like our chances bark i'm sorry papa bark i love our chances <laughs> through games 33 to 54 so that's 22 games uh-huh. right 22 games the padres play against the dodgers Twice. They have uh, a three-game series coming up here. Yep, three-game series coming up to start it and a three-game series to end it. They have three games uh, against Washington, three games against St. Louis, two against Colorado. They have four against Pittsburgh, and then another three-game series against Washington, and then the Dodgers come back. The worst record of those teams is Colorado. They are the worst team. Well, Washington's there too. But Washington is 13-16, and 16, and Colorado, this is going into tonight, Colorado is 500. Oof. Those are the two worst teams they play in that stretch. Pittsburgh is second place behind the Cubs, 17-12. They're second place because of winning percentage. And uh, 
the Dodgers are just above us, and they're twelve and sixteen. You know, we should have set it up to where um, if he loses the bet, we get something. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't about, have that kind of. How about of we get like a sponsorship of some sort? Yeah, yeah, we'll do the drive drop, but if we win, if you win, it's free. If we win, it's not free. Oh god. <laughs> We didn't have that kind of foresight, so the, no. the agreed-upon bet was if they win more this than that... This is why Dave and Jeff make the big bucks, and we're just a couple of hacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, anyways... That's going to be a rough go of it. That's a rough 20-plus that's a rough 20, that's a rough 20 plus game. Oh, it is. Oh, man. Bryce Harper is going to unload. So, we're going to have some thrilling things to talk about uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, for the sure. The tank is on the road to the number one pick, baby. We're uh, back. I won't, I won't go that far because I can't bring myself to root for them to lose for another. I'm not rooting. I'm just dealing in reality. There's a stark difference. Remember, I've, I've taken the competitive factor out of it. Okay. Well, we'll deal in reality with you guys next week. We're out of here.